Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Coors Light right here on Giants.com. I am John Schmelk. The man to my left is Paul Dettino. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with that way you can. Thanks for being with us, Paul. How was your weekend? Uh, not bad, John. You know, being a Yankees fan like you and I both are, uh, they lost the first two in Chicago, but came back with a vengeance and got the last two of the series and make a big trade for Encarnacion, which means obviously Ken Frazier's on the way out, but he's going to be packaged for a big-time ace pitcher. You know that's well, going to happen. It's going to be a part of a bigger package. Of course. It's going to be like Frazier and maybe Chance Adams or maybe a Tarpley. And you then better two, keep going. And then it's going to be two 19-year-old guys who throw 95 miles an hour in single A. <laughs> okay? And you put those four guys together, and you're going to get someone like Baumgartner, who's going to be a rental anyway. It costs more than that. So, I'm just warning you. You think so? Uh, how was your Father's Day? Hmm. Okay, how about you? It was fun. I had no complaints. It was it was just kind of mellow. I yeah. didn't do anything. Same type of typical. Day. I wanted I'm to go you. see Godzilla, but I didn't do it. Yeah, I have that on my list for this week. I want to go see Godzilla too. Yeah, I didn't get a chance. Yes, big Godzilla guy. Anyway, all right, here we go. Um, that was not a very good interpretation of Godzilla, but that's okay. Uh, Paul, we were kind of poking around the web today as we try to figure out kind of what to talk about yes. over the course of the next five weeks before. Uh, camp gets here. We'll do our season previews as we talk to reporters that cover the Giants' opponents. That starts, I think, next week, if I'm not mistaken. The 24th. Right? Yeah, 24th, which is next Monday. Mm-hmm. But until then, we got to kind of figure out different things to discuss. And, Paul, I thought a good thing to discuss today, and you kind of found the article on ESPN, uh, Bill Barnwell, who does uh, a lot of football and, and uh, analysis for them, and he does a lot of analytics stuff, had his list of things that, NFL teams might still try to do mm-hmm. over the course of the summer before camp gets here. So talk about what he has for the New York football Giants. Well, he's got two things, and I think one is clearly uh, more pressing than the other. Uh, one is to establish a succession, succession plan for Daniel Jones. I don't necessarily think that one is imminent. I think that one can just flow organically and naturally. I don't think they need to decide, okay, this is when he's got to be able to uh, to move into the lineup. I think that will all be determined by a number of factors that you and I have discussed ad infinitum. So I don't think that plan uh, is is something that, that they need to worry about. So I would disagree with him on number one. Well, can I throw something out there on number one before we move on? Yeah. Yeah, to me, I think the plan's there. I mean, I, I don't know the how much... The plan is to be organic about more it. More of a plan... I mean, I, I think... I don't know how organic it is. Here's the bottom line. If the Giants are in the playoff race and Eli Manning's playing well, he's the starter. Once one of those mm-hmm. two things goes away, then you start having discussions. Right. It's, it's really that simple. I mean, you're not going to... You know, put you know, Eli doesn't throw to this completion percentage average, this many yards per game, the team doesn't win X number. I mean... I think in that way it is organic, but I think you understand what your basic circumstances are to go from Manning to Jones this year, and you just kind of have to figure out along the way exactly when those thresholds are hit. Because it's not going to be this you know thick red line that you understand, all right, now this is when we make the change. Well, and that's the whole key to this thing is that there doesn't have to be a timetable on it. There can be a framework or a philosophy, which is what we've talked about. That's fine. It'll be determined by conditions, not time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That, that's the best way to put it, John. And so, anyway, that's his number one thing for the Giants. Which is fair. I his, get that. His number two thing for the Giants is to add an edge rusher, which we've also discussed, mm-hmm. is the biggest hole still left on their checklist. Now, one name he throws out there is Nick Perry, an outside linebacker, veteran, free agent, from the Green Bay Packers, who's had some good games against the Giants in the past, but in recent memory, hasn't really done a whole lot. In fact, you'd have to go back to 2016 to when he had the only double-digit sack season of his career, Mm -hmm. when he had 11. Had only a sack and a half last year in nine games. So he's been around the league for a while, and basically, I would say you could probably argue he's been an underproducer for most of his career. But he throws out Perry as somebody who he thinks may be Maybe somebody the Giants would want to add as a potential edge rusher uh, on the depth chart. All right, here's what I'm going to say. And I, Giant fans might want to, you know, pull me up a flagpole for saying it. It's not that they don't need more edge rushers. They need an impact pass rusher. 
That's the difference. If you could tell me I can go out there and sign a guy that I know I'm going to get double-digit sacks from, sign me up. Where do I go? Giddy up and ride. Let's do this. They don't exist. No, they're not out there. <laughs> so do I want to – I mean, is Nick Perry any better than Kareem Martin or Marcus Golden? I don't think so. Right, and that's my point. So why would I want to sign Nick Perry and take snaps away from Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez, two guys that you hope can develop into better players than Nick Perry? You so know, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So unless I'm adding somebody that I know is really good already and is better than the other veterans on the roster, I'm going with the guys that I got. I agree. I, I, I think that both of his his points for the Giants are, are misdirected. And particularly this linebacker thing, because, John, let's face it, any snaps that a Nick Perry would come in and take away from a Zimenez or a Carter is only you. going to inhibit their development. Right. So, what what good is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And it's a good question, and I probably should have thought about it longer before we started the show. But if there was a spot that I would really think that you might want to add somebody at, I mean, depth at offensive tackle is never a bad thing. You want to add a veteran that can maybe compete for the swing tackle spot. I consider that. I don't think you have to add anyone a wide receiver. Maybe a veteran corner, Paul. If he's out there, that you think can add a little stability so you know what you're getting at that spot, I would maybe think about that. But you're going to have trouble fitting all the young guys on the roster. You know what I mean? So that might be tough. No, those young guys need as many reps as they can get in training camp, John. To add a veteran corner right now only takes reps from them, and that doesn't help you. Yeah, I I would say if you get towards the end of camp and you're like, maybe these young guys aren't quite ready, then you want to add somebody, I'd see it. Inside linebacker, another guy that compete with B.J. Goodson and Tay Davis and Ryan Connolly maybe next to Ogletree, maybe. I mean, I, I just – and look, it, it's weird for me to say this because this team is far from a finished product, but for the quality of the guys that are out there, I don't know if I see an obvious spot in this roster where you're like, all right, well, if I get this guy, I see a big upgrade here. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Uh, I'm looking at the free agent tackles, John. <laughs> It's just, it's no, just, it's, it's, it's doldrums. It, uh, I mean, you know, you're talking about the, the, the Parnells of the world, Marshall Newhouses of the world. You know, you're not going to bring Donald Penn in. I mean, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. He barely has anything left. Schrader's still a free agent? Uh, I don't, uh, he is out there. And then they have the kid that got the former Niner that came back too. Uh, you talk about Anthony Davis. Yeah. My suspicion is... Actually, he just got traded to the Lakers. Never mind. I'm just... Sorry. My thinking on Davis, and and I do agree that it probably made sense for somebody to kick the tires on him, make some exploratory phone calls, maybe have a conversation and find out where he's at. But I haven't heard his name attached to anybody yet as going on a visit. No, me neither. Which probably means You think he's getting in shape before he goes on him? Yeah. Either he's not in shape, or teams have already made some phone calls and found out that maybe he's not all in into coming back. And therefore, they're not going to waste their time. Marshall Newhouse is available. Well, again, that's that's the kind of guy we're talking about. Uh, you get down, oh, Andre Smith. Jake Fisher. Sam Young. Does, does Jake Fisher make you interested in terms of a backup offensive lineman, swing guard to tackle? He's not a bad, versatile backup. Man, look, Corey Robinson was still out there on the street after the Jaguars got rid of him. No, that's a different guy. You're thinking of um... no, this, this this one, this this Corey Robinson. Oh, okay. I mean, it's 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 slim. It no, is really slim. I, I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm just not sure there's a lot out there. To be honest with you, Jordan Mills from the Bills might actually be one of the better guys still on the list. And you know, there's a reason why he's out there too. So. I'm with you philosophically. If I could add somebody else to this roster in the next month, it would probably be a veteran swing tackle for a a competition in the backup role. I just don't know that these guys on this list are are really worth it. Anyway. For fun. Yeah, go ahead. Let's take a look at the other NFC East teams and their list. Um, We'll start at the top of his list, which I guess it goes alphabetically. So uh, for the Cowboys... He has the two things to do is try to sign Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, two extensions, which I understand why they would want to do that. Uh, I'm sure the Prescott negotiations just got a little bit 
wonky with the money that Carson Wentz got. That can't help them. Even though Prescott's not the player Carson Wentz is, you know how it works with these contracts. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of who's the most recent guy. And for Mari Cooper, it is somebody that they're going to pay. They just traded a first-round pick for him. It's just a matter of, of, of how big that salary is going to be. Well, you know, and then they have Zeke Elliott, too. And I think that might be a good guide to see maybe how the Giants might handle Saquon in a few years when his contract is up. Because Zeke still is his fourth year left and then his fifth year option year. But they talked about whether or not they want to extend him early or not, too. So, See, I think my opinion on the Cowboys is no different than if these players were on the Giants. And I mean that. This is not, this is not like I'm looking at it slanted in any way. I don't trust Ezekiel Elliott to stay out of trouble. In fact, just a week or so ago, there was yep. another incident in Vegas. Yep. that they started talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm not giving him any kind of big-time extension right now because I just don't trust well, the guy. Frankly, I'm always leery of giving big-time extensions to running backs, too, given the nature of the position. I okay. think it's tough. All right, so let's on that. shelve him for now. Okay. Amari Cooper— and, and he has two years left, so that's somebody you can be more patient with. No question. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper had a terrific half-season for this team. But I would think that if you evaluated his entire career from the time that the Raiders drafted him, that was probably the only half-season body of work where he really lived up to his potential. I think maybe his sophomore year, his second year in the league with Raiders, he had a really good year. But generally speaking, he's been very up and down and inconsistent. No question about it. So I hesitate today to give him anything until I see him. Now, I might do it in October if okay. I see him kick butt in the first six games. And it depends on what his demands are, too, right? That, I mean, too. I think that's of course. Of, of course. But I don't think I'm really talking about it until I see him into October. What are you going to do for me this year? Right. Okay. I think that's okay. I buy that. All right. Prescott, you, you know I'm not a Prescott fan. Right. But having said that, okay, I know what the market for quarterbacks is, and this is where you and I get into a lot of debate because you say it is what it is. That's the reality of it, and yeah. you have to deal with the numbers that, that are out there. It still turns my stomach to see some of these quarterbacks getting that much of a percentage of the salary cap. I just think it's horrific, and it's criminal. So, and I, and I look at Prescott, and I say, okay, I know he's the next one up, but is he truly a top five or top six quarterback in the NFL? And, and there's he, no way in heck he is. No, he's not. Absolutely not. Okay, I'm not even sure he's a top 10. Not borderline at best. At okay, best. So, so you know what? Him and his pipe dream $30 million a year contract, as far as I'm concerned, he can stuff it. I'm not giving it to him. I'm just not. But then what do you do? You have a team that won the division two of the last three years. I know. Won a playoff game last year. What's your answer? I mean, you can't just let him walk away, right? I mean, do you franchise and then have your one-year gigantic cap it, which is going to be up in that neighborhood anyway? I know it is. Or is the, I mean, it's just it's a very tough spot it's to be in. It's a horrible spot to be when in. When you have that quarterback that's not quite great, but not bad enough that you're willing to let him go. You know, well, what do you do? It's just it's hard. You know what the problem is? I would try to approach it logically and rationally and say, okay, here's the kind of thing we're going to do for you. We're going to give you something like $23 million a year, and we're going to incent- incentive get you all the way up to 29 or 30 If you really do this, 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 and that, and we do this, 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 and that, okay, you're going to get your big money. What if but you, he's not going to go for that. What if you start at 28 and you incentivize him up to 32 Ultimately, I'm, I'm trying to give you something that maybe Prescott has a chance of accepting. Well, here's the problem: your option, he will never accept. Of course, he's not. Right, and that's the problem. <laughs> see, that's the see. I, I, I come from the Dave Gettleman school of being a GM. I'm going to play hardball with these guys, and I'm going to say, listen, okay, I don't believe you're worth that number. Period. And you can cry from here to eternity. You can stand on your head. You can spill milk all over the kitchen floor, and I'm not giving you the money. Saying so, you're good franchising. I might have to. And then you're paying him that money. You're anyway. paying him that money for the one year, and then by that, hopefully by then you figured out another plan to get rid of him. It's a tough way to play. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a tough way to. Yeah, look, but you're right. It's just it's it's a very tough situation. All right, for the Eagles. Yes, this is what he has listed for Philadelphia. Let's do Philly. Uh, talk to the Steelers about Artie Burns. The Eagles, in their own way, hold a unique position. Um, they need cornerbacks. We know that. Uh, they do need to improve their cornerback core, and the Steelers have Burns, who was a first-round pick. He really didn't play well in his third season, right. benched for the second half of last year, mm-hmm. and they might, you know, Howie Roseman loves to deal, man. He's not afraid to trade picks for veterans. That's something he's done a lot over his time with the Eagles. So I do like his choice. I have not done enough work on Artie Burns to have a real educated opinion on More him as a player, I. but 
the idea of them trying to find another cornerback, I think makes a lot of sense for them. Don't have a problem with that at all, especially a guy who still has some upside to him. He's on the younger side of his career. All right, then for the Redskins, they have lock up Brandon Scherf, which is someone that obviously the you won the Giants to draft a couple years ago. He mm-hmm. never got there. He got nope. picked almost, what, three picks before the Giants won? He didn't go fifth or sixth that year, or maybe fourth even, right? Was he six? Yeah, it was something like I that. I don't remember. But he went very early. I just know he got targeted before before the Giants. The Redskins listened to our show and they stole him. And then he also <laughs> and then he also said they got to move on from a quarterback. They have Hoskins, but they also have Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. So he wants to let choose one of the two and keep one, let the other one go. I get where he's coming from. I mean, do, do you have to have McCoy, Keenum, and Haskins on your no, roster? No, you don't. Probably not. And then this one I like the most, I think. What do you got? Explore the wide receiver market. Uh, they just turned down their fifth-year option for Josh Doxson. Uh, Paul Richardson is injury-prone. You know, They drafted Terry McLaurin. Kelvin Harmon is somebody they drafted. Jameson Crowder is out. So I think they do need to add another receiver because right now, if Dwayne Haskins ends up starting week one, and we'll see if that's the case, who the heck is that dude throwing the ball to? It is not an easy situation for that poor kid. Well, let's see. I'm looking at the free agent receivers right now. Crabtree's out there. Hmm? That's not bad. Doesn't he's been get up separation, but he's 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 a he's a good reliable veteran, good red zone target. You know, he's been up. Uh, Curse. The Jets did not resign Curse. That's one of the guys that he mentions here. That would not be a bad choice. You know, I'm not a Terrence Williams fan, but the Cowboys didn't bring him back. Yeah, he had off the field stuff too. I know. I'm not a fan. No, I don't think he's, that, frankly, that good of a player. Um, and other than that, yeah. Do you want to roll the dice on Martavis? No, no, Brian? no, no. You wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> no, I think the guys we mentioned are pretty much the guys who I would think uh, would Kelvin fi- Benjamin. Again, Benjamin, to me, he's a very specific niche receiver, yeah. slow guy, who you know can do certain things for you, but they need more than that. And hasn't necessarily been in shape during no, the course of his no. career. Either. No, I think the guys we said were pretty much better targets for them. Crabtree and Curse would probably be the two guys I would think of. All right, 4513 I'll make sure, folks, to get to your tweets as well at hashtag Giants Chat. Make sure you get them in. From the meantime, let's go to the phone calls at two zero one nine three nine four five one three and start Craig and Trenton, who will lead us off on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Craig. Hey, uh, I had two questions. Sure, so, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking, um, what if we made a trade for Davion Clowney? How? <laughs> Not what if. No, but how? What, what are you going to give up to get him? I don't know. It seems like they don't want him since they're not signing him. He's fran- he wants he, big money. He's, he's, he's tagged. Pitched. Craig, Craig, he's franchised. If they didn't want him, they wouldn't have franchise tagged him. Yeah. You know how the franchise tag is. It's trade him. Well, yeah, but what are you going to offer to get him? Maybe a fourth and a fifth. That's and right. and then they will laugh you out of the building. <laughs> and my second question is, uh, what do you? What's the progress on Sam Deal? I haven't really heard much about. I mean, he's he's been on the practice field. He's a full go. He seems to be over all of his physical issues, which is a great sign. Now it's just a matter of a how that shoulder holds up when they start doing full contact, getting pads and start tackling, when they get into preseason games, and then how he plays. Uh, but how, physically, he was out there doing everything everyone else did during the spring session, Craig, which is a great sign. For sure. Uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a guy like Clowney, you start with what the 49ers gave up for D Ford, which was actually not a lot. That was just a two. And yeah. it was a high two. It's going to be more than that. For Clowney, yeah. starts with the number one pick. Even with his injury history, it's, it's going to be more than starts that. Starts with the first round pick next year. I mean, you And know, I would not give, I wouldn't even have signed him outright, to be honest with you, but I'm terrified of his injury history. He's got so many leg issues over the past does. years. It worries me. So, eh, not a fan there. No. You, and the bottom line is, you, you would have to overpay to get him. And you just don't want to be in a situation to overpay when you're a team still trying to build. It doesn't pay. 201-939-4513. Brendan in Florida is up next. Hey, Brendan. How we doing, gentlemen? I'm great, Brendan. How are I'm you? A, I'm a long-time, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, John and Paul, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I just wanted Thank to you. talk you too. about the upgrades that I see all around. Um, we went 3-13 and two years ago with uh, suspect O-line. We had Brandon Marshall, 
Sterling Shepard, Beckham all get hurt in one game. The defense got hurt. We go into last year. We trade away a bunch of players. We're starting Curtis Riley at safety. Eli Apple went out. Uh, we put in Grant Haley. We put in Lippitt. Uh, we had some good replacement, but I feel like this year, for the first time in three years, we have an offensive line that the worst, the most angry Giant fan, you can't say that it's not, at least on paper, better. And even not on paper, just with the experience on the left side alone and the center position. And then you add a guy like Zeitler and you add a guy like Rimmers. I don't see how that's a step backwards from Eric Flowers and Omame. No, of course on not. On the defense, you know. So on the defensive side, you put, you'd replace Curtis Riley with Antoine Bethea. I don't see how that's not an extreme upgrade. Sure it is, absolutely. We, re- we replace Landon Collins with Julius Peppers. I don't know if that's an upgrade, a wash, or a downgrade. I'm going to leave that right around somewhere in the same area. That's fine. But I do like the depth. Is uh, Granted, it's not experience, but Curtis Riley, if I'm not mistaken, was an experienced player. He just wasn't that good of a player. <laughs> okay. Um, so You're I, being very I, kind. I feel like I hear these words, depth and experience, on the show a lot. Lance, depth, depth, depth. Is Lance <laughs> yeah, this is favorite. that's his favorite word. You're right. It's no Ex- question about it. <laughs> Paul, 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 that's your thing is experience. I just think that talent somewhere blends in between the two. You know, experience sure. is cool, but without talent, you know, what are we doing with it? And I just 100%. feel like I don't see how, as a Giants fan, you can't see an improvement. Maybe they're not great, but it's better than the 3-13 and 13 team we fielded. it. Better than the five and eleven team we fielded. Whether Eli Manning plays sixteen games, Daniel Jones plays eight. And I'm the Giants fan. You know, I like the, the the side of the helmet, not the name on the back. I just don't see how any Giant fan can look at the the team that we are fielding this year and we have not gotten better than we've been in the last few years. Look, I, I like your optimism, and I think in a lot of the ways you're right. The offensive line is better. Uh, obviously, Barkley is an improvement over the running backs that were here before. Um, I think defensively is where you run into some issues. And obviously, the pass rushers on the outside they have right now are not as good as JPP and Olivier Vernon. They're just not. Could they get there someday? Sure. But are they there now? No. Um, Will one of the young cornerbacks play better than Eli Apple did in his third year? I think it's possible that DeAndre Baker does. Do I know it's going to happen for sure? Not sure I can necessarily say that. And I think you don't know if one of your young big guys is going to be necessarily as good as snacks in the middle either, at least in terms of stopping the run. So I think before, those before are your you questions. Let me go, John, yeah, go ahead. Can I say one thing sure. to what you just said? Yes, sir. I, I agree with you that we don't know for sure. Everything that we're doing right now is speculation. Yep. But even if, let's say, the young corner is not better than Eli Apple, can we say that we can't at least agree that if the drop off can't be that far? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. You know, the drop-off won't be that big of a gap. 100%. My concern on defense is linebacker and the pass rush. But I'm just looking at what we've done the last two years. We, we had Vernon and we had uh, JPP. We still weren't getting home. So exactly. those players alone weren't making up for that gap. I just feel like with the youth and the change, I just don't see how at least on the defensive back end, we haven't gotten better to help the pass rush somewhat to hold down the fort, maybe one more second. Cover. No, no, you're making a lot of sense. Look, here's the, the drill that I go through every year, and it would be helpful if you do it and would give you a better perspective and, and anybody else who wants to argue with you. What you do is you go to each unit and you say, okay, look, this is where that unit stands. There are holes or there are not holes. If there are holes, then you say, okay, who are the guys on the roster? Can you realistically expect any of these guys to be functional? Can they be okay? Right. That's what you have to do. If you right. have numbers like like the Giants do, let's say along the um, I don't know, let's say uh, I don't know, pick a pick a pick pick a position. Safety. You want to pick safety? They got Peppers, they got Bethay, they got Michael Thomas, they got Sean Chandler. I mean, just to start off, you're like, okay, right. is the safety position going to be okay? 
Well, they got numbers. I would say it's realistic to expect at least two of those guys, probably more, but at least two of them are going to be functional, good enough, competent. Okay? Then you say to yourself, all right, now, look at the linebackers. And then you say, all right, well, you got Golden. (laughs) Uh, uh, You um, you got Goodson. You got Golden. You got Goodson. You got Ogletree. You got, uh, you know, you start naming guys. Zimenez. Lorenzo Carter. And you say, okay, do you have enough good enough guys? That's where it gets a little thin because now you just now you just don't know. Okay, so so do that for every unit, and and here's the problem: in most of the last six or seven years, if you played that game with the Giants roster, you would have at least one unit where you shook your head and you said, "There aren't enough realistic answers there." There, right. there, 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 no, this is not going to go well. But, but right now, it's really the linebacker spot that's the only one. And, and I'm considering that as the pass rush. The, the, the pass rush, I'm considering that in the 3-4. The pass rush is supposed to be coming more from your linebackers. That, right. to me, is the only one right now where I'm not sure that they have enough of guys who might realistically be a functional answer. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I, I, I'm going to close out. I know you guys got other callers, uh, and I appreciate your time, and thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. I just wanted to say also that when the way you just broke it down, Paul, makes perfect sense. And if you look at it the way you just said, I agree that linebacker is the most suspect uh, position by that criteria. I just also feel like going forward in the next two years, between youth and money, I feel like we're in good shape to help fill some of those holes with more youth without blowing yeah. a lot of money. That's true. I just feel like we're in a good position as a Giant fan. Like I said, I don't see how you're coming into this year more angry than you were going into last year. I just don't get it. Thank Thanks you, Brendan. time, guys. Let's go Giants. And Charlie from Portland, Maine, from Maine I appreciate Charlie. <laughs> and, Bre- and Brendan, do me a favor, <laughs> Brendan. Brendan, you had a great, you that was a great call. Good opinion, good information. Don't be a stranger. Thank, thank you. you very much. We appreciate it, and thank you for being a long time listener to the show. And you know, John, when you look at it that way, and you play that game with the roster, you realize the Giants are much better this year than they have been in the last two seasons. Yeah, so to suggest correct. that they're not is foolish. Yeah, I wasn't trying to argue that point. Uh, I was just pointing out that there are some areas you still have of concern that are realistic. I don't want to try to you know paint a rosy picture here where everything is you know marshmallows and flowers there are things you still have to figure out uh but yeah i'd be extremely disappointed this team didn't improve from five and eleven i mean let's not forget unfortunately the injuries are part of the game and let's just say the offensive line right now which we think is one of the stronger units on the team if one of the starting five has to go out go down now what happens especially especially if it's a tackle right now all of a sudden that's not a checkbox. Now that box is wide open. Correct. So let's make it clear. I think starting-wise, the Giants have improved to the point over the last three years where, to me, and I'm not going to make any record predictions right now because it's still too early. We don't have the 53-man roster. We haven't seen the preseason. But my gut feeling coming out of the spring is this is, this is a team that is going to be in the playoff conversation and in the hunt in December. They're not going to be knocked out of it in late October. We're knocked out of it in November again. It's going to be December, John. It's going to be really cold, and we're going to be talking about games that the Giants need to win to be a playoff team. I really believe that. I just got devastated. Do you know why? Charlie's calling. I had three mics on the line. The fourth line was ringing, and I wanted a fourth mic. It ended up being Charlie. (laughs) I wanted four. Anyway. I've never had three mics on the line at the same time. I wanted a fourth one to fill up all four banks with mics, and I got stuck with the Charlie. But but what would four mics give you? Nothing in in Las Vegas or Atlantic City. You need four aces or four kings. That's not terrible. <laughs> Let's go to Mike in Florida. He's up next. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, how you doing? Hello, What's up, man. Uh, I called a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, Paul and Lance were on that day, and uh, I spoke about. Corey Coleman. Yeah. Um, yeah, as the uh, – I, I like him as a third receiver, even a third or fourth receiver. But I've never – you know, I've, I've been a Giant fan since I watched Norm Snead as a quarterback back in Yankee Stadium. Sure. And, yeah, and um, 
I had never seen a kick returner that we had take the ball from the kickoff and just and just go full speed, hit the hole, and just go. Ron Dixon. Ron yeah. Dixon. Dave, David mm-hmm. Meggett was pretty darn good too, but Ron Ron Dixon was was dynamite. He was only yeah, here for right. a couple of years, and quite frankly, Dominic Hickson was pretty good too. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, one of them, uh, one of them took took the kick kickoff back in the Super Bowl we lost to the Ravens, correct? I didn't understand. One of the guys returned the kickoff against the Ravens in the Super Bowl. He said that was that was Ron Dixon. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going back uh, what twenty years, nearly. But I like the way he, I like the way he hits the ball. He, he knows where he's going, and I just think when I hear about Peppers taking punts and kickoffs, I mean, first of all, they're, to me, they're, they're football players. They're not safeties. They're not cornerbacks. They're football players. And like uh, Lance said the other day, that you know they can get injured walking off the. Walking off the field, that's true. But yeah. I, I, I still like Coleman in that kickoff position. If Peppers, you know, if, if he excels at, at a punt returner, fine. Uh, I think he can get, like you said, injured anywhere. But I, I just think this this guy has found his has found his team, has found his time. He he had some some issues early in his career, but I think uh, we might have a have. A, found somebody here that can really fill that fill that uh, speed receiver that can take the top off the defense along with Slayton. I think he's going to be something else. Yeah, Mike, despite what they said about Peppers and his usage, I would be surprised if he's the primary on both kicks and punts. I just think from a snap management standpoint, I think that's a lot of wear and tear on a guy that you want to be one of your big defensive playmakers. So I think that if Corey Coleman makes the team and is good enough as a wide receiver, I would not be surprised to see him return as a kick returner. That would not I, surprise I, me. I either. would prefer it that way, to be honest I'd with you. I'd be fine with it. I have no problem with it. That's fine. Yeah, I, I agree with you both on that. I agree with um, that scenario. Um, also, this draft class and, la- and last year's draft class, anybody who has, to, has criticized Gettleman, I know the media wants to get on him. I'm a native New Yorker, born in Brooklyn, and I'm down here in Florida now. But I cannot, I, I cannot remember uh, seeing two classes back to back that were so. These guys, these young men, are, are amazing in front of the, you know, in front of the camera. They are. They seem like stand-up guys. You would know it better than me because they are. You're, you're there. Uh, I just love. Uh, Lawrence, I think he's, I think he's a snacks uh, 2.0 with his personality. He's 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 going to be he's going to be a, a star out there. And um, DeAndre Baker, I I think he's going to be a, a lockdown uh, a lockdown cornerback. He he looks really good as far as from what I'm hearing. Um, and basically, that's you know that's all I wanted to tell you. I think the okay. Gettleman's doing a great job re- reshaping this team. Um, what is it? Eli and Diaz are the only guys from the uh, <laughs> well, Super Bowl. So, man, that's a long time ago now, man. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate yeah. the call. Thank you, Mike. Right, thanks. Think about it. That's nine seasons ago now. Not as far back as 1972 with Norm Sneed, but it's still a long time. I mean, how many NFL <laughs> careers last nine years? Well, they still say the average NFL career is three and a half. That's what I'm saying. You know, so, you know, though, John, the, the, the one thing that, that he said, and, and I think, you know, we have, to, we have to really get a good look at some of these young guys once they get the pads on and the preseason starts. Because you and I have said a lot of really good things about this rookie class, justifiably so, off of what we've seen to this point. But it's shirts and shorts. Oh, of course, of course. And and I and I, I agree with Mike. That I think ru- the corners you, you know, could feel pretty good about. Well, we always say that. The right. skill positions you can get more done during the search and shorts period. I think we feel pretty good about the first two Gettleman draft classes. But again, we're still a year or two away from being able to give them a legit grade. And Daniel Jones maybe two or three. Yeah. No question. But but I, I agree that early returns, if you believe in polls and elections... I'd say the early returns are pretty good. I think Lorenzo Carter is very much a TBD. 
if he was playing a 4-3 off-ball linebacker spot, I'd almost feel better about him than I do him playing a pass rusher spot because I've seen him do the 4-3 off-ball stuff right. in college, and I thought last year he was pretty good at that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen the pass rush production yet, and that is really important for him. Really you know what, important. though, John? I, look, Betcher's going to have to sort this out as we get closer. I don't know. Maybe you've talked to him about this already, and I haven't. If you believe in Marcus Golden resuscitating his career, yeah, and that's a question. We don't know the answer to that. But if you believe in that, then he's got to be the weak side guy who's constantly coming on the pass rush. And Carter's going to be on the other side. He'll be the strong side backer instead of the weak side backer. I think if you did that, I think, yeah, I think that would be the way they would split those positions. I agree with that. Okay, which means then Carter's not going to get more than five sacks, maybe, because he's going to have a lot of other responsibilities instead of going after the QB. Because Golden's primary responsibility is going to be going after the QB. Except here's the problem. When they go to sub-package, which is now 80% of the time, both guys are hand in the ground rushing the passer. Well, and... Now Betcher's got to decide, okay, is he going to send both of those guys doing that or or is he going to tell Carter, if he's got Carter's strong side, does he tell Carter, beat up that tight end at the line because we're going to send a safety blitz. No, he's, We're going to send a corner blitz. He's going to go after the quarterback. He's going to go after the quarterback. I'm, I'm interested. He Think doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do it that way. No, he doesn't have to. And then the other thing is, Zimenez, I'm sure if Zimenez shows some immediate pass rush ability mm-hmm. at this level, he's got to be on the field in those situations. He's got to be. If if he shows that he can immediately translate to the pro game, which right now we don't know yet. We don't. But if he does and shows that he can beat NFL-level players right out of the box, man, he's going to be in on every third down. So we lost Mike in Florida. Mike Antenna flies up next. And that big wart on my board is still Charlie. But <laughs> Mike and Oakland is up next. What's up, Mike? How are you? You're being nice calling Charlie a wart today. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mike, what's up? Hey, guys. What's happening? Hello. What's up, um, John, I got to tell you, um, only somebody not named Mike wants four mics on the line. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there uh, in college. There were four of us interested in this one beautiful girl named Katie. And, uh, you know, she ended up marrying a guy named Jason. So, you know, <laughs> okay. that odd. Um, she got tired of so the mics, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I wanted to just uh, quickly mention, um, you know, the, the conversation you are having before that was calling him Brandon about, uh, you know, who's real optimistic. And um, you guys said something that, that uh, was responding to the first caller who wants to bring in a, you know, really, really expensive pass rusher. And I, and I would just say that I'm I'm kind of right with you and with Brandon, which is, you know, we're not a Super Bowl caliber team right now. I mean, we have no idea what we're going to be like this year. We got a lot of optimism. But you don't go out and, and lock up a, a huge amount of money on, you know, the guy that you think puts you over the top if you're not even at the top yet. Well, Mike, and, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. trade assets for that guy. But let's say in this theoretical world, a healthy Demarcus Lawrence was an unrestricted free agent last offseason. I would have had, and the, and the Giants had the cap space they're going to have next year. I would have had no problem paying a guy like that who's 27, in his prime, is a Pro Bowl caliber pass rusher, is healthy, and you have a lot of cap space. I would have had no problem paying Demarcus Lawrence. Now, I wouldn't have went and traded draft picks and then paid Demarcus Lawrence, but if it was just a money thing, I would have been okay with it. Well, you know, one of the things that Gettleman has done that I like is um, recognizing, I think, that this team isn't or wasn't right right there ready to compete for a Super Bowl. That's and then, true. you know, creating that cap space for next year. So that's another, you know, point of optimism. I think the other caller was, was kind of referring to it is, is we do have a ton of cap space next year. And if these kids from, you know, the last two years of what I think was pretty excellent drafting, you know, if these guys show up, so you know, we we maybe next year can really really uh, put a put a real contender together using all that cap space. So I'm I'm with you. I just think until you show that you're close, I'm not sure I would have dropped the big money in this off season um, yet. So no, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. So the the main reason I called was um, I wanted to pick your guys' brains. Uh, you know, we we have a pretty good idea who we think 
um, the starting offensive line is going to be. And, you know, we've seen Chad Wheeler play. Um, you know, obviously he, he hasn't been a standout for us, but I did note that LeCharles Bentley said that he thinks he's got a lot of potential. Um, but there's three other guys on the team right now that I, I know basically nothing about. So we got um, Brian Mihalik, George Asafo, Ajay, mm-hmm. and Nick Becton. And um, you guys have actually seen seen them on the practice field. So I was hoping you could just kind of fill us in on those three guys and whether you think there's uh, real potential there or are we just talking about, I don't think you know, Becton's on the team. Yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick Becton's gone. not on the roster anymore. He was on the roster last year, not anymore. They have instead... Paul Adams, who played, he's an undrafted rookie. He played offensive uh-huh. tackle with the third team in practice, and I think with the second team. Out of too, Missouri, with, yeah. with all the injuries. So yeah. uh, he would be your next guy up. Uh, to me, he's a developmental practice squad guy. Uh, we haven't seen enough of Big George yet to really no. have a feel for him because there's no pads. Uh, but I think expecting a lot out of a rookie seventh rounder at offensive tackle is probably asking a little bit much. And I think Mahalik's, right. the, in- I think Mahalik's the interesting one. He's a guy, he's... He's massive. He's six. He might even be six nine, right? Robbie Mahalik, what is he listed he's, at? Here? I think six eight. Is he listed at six eight? He's just a, yeah. He's listed at those no, six nine three fifteen. Are you saying nine? That's what he's listed at. Fourth year player out of Boston College. The guy is a house. So he's been with the ones along with Chad Wheeler with the injuries to Remmers and Solder. He's the guy that I think is going to give Wheeler a run for his money and competing for that backup swing tackle spot. Because the interesting to me is that. With Rembers and Solder out, it was Mahalik at left tackle and Wheeler at right tackle. So right. I don't know if that matters, what that means, but if there's a guy on this roster that I think will give the best competition to Wheeler to be that swing tackle, it's Mahalik. See, I, I got a feeling it's Big George. I really do. I have trouble trusting seventh so round rookie offensive I, tackles. I have a lot of trouble. And I it, have a lot of trouble with that. But, and I'll be honest with you, Paul. But that's is, how weak the depth chart is it behind has, the it tackles. Is, it has nothing to do with Asafo Ajay as a player. Zero. I, you could any right. offensive rookie seventh but, round pick offensive tackle. I'd be worried about making the swing guy. See, here's my problem with Mahalik. He, He's been around uh, the block years. a couple of times. Sounds All like right. we lost Mike there. We did. Matt, sorry about that, Mike. You want to call back? I'll get you, you right know, back. He's been up. around the block a couple of times. Obviously, the Eagles didn't think enough of him to keep him. Sure. And you know, no, you're I, right about that. Now they so, did target him. They pulled him off the practice squad. Yeah, but I, in, I in my opinion. You know, four years is enough, and I don't think there's anything untapped there that you're going to suddenly find. I think that's a very fair point. So, I would, is he better you know, at this very moment than Asafuaje? He's got more experience, no, not much. Yeah, but, but at least the, he's been around. But as your early caller said, talent's more important than experience, well, right? Well, I would, I would like to believe that Big George has more raw talent than Mahalik does. I'd like to believe that, and he might. I, I, I just don't have, honestly, I cannot give an educated At least you're talking that. about somebody who is an unknown and untapped. Maybe there's something there to be tapped. Mahalik, uh, four years in the NFL, and I haven't seen the spark. I don't, I don't know where, where it is. I'm totally with you. Okay. I'm with you. 201-939-4513. We'll get to a couple of your tweets at hashtag Giants Chat in a minute. Meanwhile, the wart. Charlie in Portland, Maine. What's oh, up, Charlie? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Hello, Charlie. How are you, pal? Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Beetlejuice. I heard my name. Yeah. Uh, shout out to um, Mike in uh, Florida. <laughs> Nash, I, hey, uh, I think it was Brandon in Florida that was, actually gave you. It was. Okay, was he okay, likes you, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, is that about that? See, you you come on because someone said your name, and then you don't even care enough to remember I mean, who it was that said your name. You, See? Need, you need to appreciate him more. Yeah. Hey, I can't remember everybody who says my name. What, what can I do? Well, okay, how about this? You should, you should be able to remember someone that says your name in a positive fashion. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> hey, hey, look, you guys are talking. Uh, just what I've been saying, Paul, we need a veteran swing tackle. Well, you know, Charlie, here's the thing. The, the, if you believe that Wheeler can be functional and competent enough to be the number three guy, and I agree with you, I would like to see competition there because competition makes guys better, and I would like to see somebody earn that third spot instead of just giving it to him because right now i got to give it to Wheeler. I don't have anybody who I believe really pushes him. Well, it's a competition, but I think Wheeler is a prohibitive favorite. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, so so if you bring somebody in, you, you push him, and may the best man win. Um, but, you know, if you're going to bring somebody in just to be the four, then it doesn't pay. Right, right. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, Gettleman's got to finish the line. And now all he's got to do is bring in a swing tackle, and we're done. You know, so that's what I'm hoping. We well, get you're, assuming, you're assuming the negative, though. You're assuming that Wheeler's not good enough to be the three. Maybe he is. I still find, I don't think so. Charlie, I still find this hilarious. We got into fights on the air last year of you telling me how good you thought Chad Wheeler was when he replaced Eric Flowers, and now you can't get rid of him fast enough. No, I didn't. I never said Wheeler was good. I always said that we should bring in Wolf Beatty. That's who I said. Oh no, we still should bring in. Charlie, I can. I would. I will go back. I will like my tweet. I like will, my tweet when I said, did don't he really? forget Will Beatty. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he did, was tweeting back and forth. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. This, that's hey, not good. Hey, you were talking about Washington yeah. and wide receivers, right? Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Well, they're they're going to get a couple off our squad when we cut people because we're going to have to cut a couple good wide receivers. Charlie, I have a question for you. Who, who Who's your top six at wide receiver right now? Who do you got? Oh, Shepard, of course. Of course. Shepard um, and Tate. That's easy. Yeah, and I think you got to go with uh, Coleman. You got to go with Slater, the rookie. He's Slayton, playing Slayton, well. Slayton, the, yeah, AC yeah. Slater is going to be the and, wide receiver. And either either Lattimore or Fowler. Um, that's five. And then you know how many is that? Five. That well, if you count Lattimore and Fowler, that's six. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, so, so you're not you, you're not going to keep uh, you're not going to keep Russell Shepard then. Yeah, it's either got to be Fowler gone and keep Shepard, or Shepard's gone and keep Fowler. So, you know, it's going to be somebody's going to get a couple good wide receivers because Alonzo Russell also isn't a bad, you know, wide receiver either, you know, and he's a great special team guy. So, you know, I think Washington can be there to scoop up a couple of our players. So. I hear Anthony Dobbley's uh, still out there, Charlie. <laughs> oh, no. Why did you <laughs> hey, do that? Hey, I know. Akeem Nix. There's another guy you could see in Washington. <laughs> Akeem so just tried out for the XFL the other day. We were just talking about him at lunch. Yeah. And the way he's bulked yeah. up, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was trying out at tight end, to be honest with you. Hey, back shoulder throw. Paul, I know. I know. I know. I know. Thank you, Charlie. Okay, guys. Be good. We lost Mike in Florida on line four. Let's go to him now. Mike, what's going on, pal? Welcome back. Sorry about that. Yes, Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. What's up, man? Finish up your call. All right. How you doing? Are you on a forklift? Yeah. <laughs> How did I guess that? Wow. All right. right well, go, go ahead, Mike. Mike. I got you. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, go ahead. Make Hello? your point. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys uh, remember me, though. I'm the guy, uh, I'm the, the district chef for uh, Uncle. I used to call it like... Uh, oh, okay, Mike, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I mean, um, I want to talk about um, D. Baker. I yes. mean, me and him, we go way back. I, I mean, to grab my son, I mean, he played with uh, uh, D. Baker. I mean, he, I mean, he is still low. I mean, he In high school? Play in the NFL. They played in high school together? No, I mean, not, not in high school. I mean, uh, like seven on seven in Miami, down in Miami. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so he, I mean, he, uh, I mean, he a heck of a player. Though. I mean, Whoops. I don't know why we, why we had him all the way, uh, like in the 30s. So, I mean, he should have been like first first pick of all. I'm telling you, he, uh, I mean, he, 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 he a bad boy. Well, there are enough of respectable draft people and scouts who thought he might be the best cover corner in this draft. Yeah. That's not a stretch. Well, I mean, he, I mean, to be honest with you, though, um, um, uh, he he ran a four four five hour, but he was a track player. Though. I mean, I mean, he used to run track, and he was one of the fastest guys down in Miami. Though. Yeah, Mike, that was the one hit on him, and I think a lot of people said his combine didn't go well. And the yeah, stuff that I, the I stuff that why. I was, no, I, well, we, we, I'm going to explain we, it if, if you let me finish. The reason it, it didn't go well, at least according to some of the things that I've read and, and heard from people, is that he didn't do great preparation for it. Like a lot of these guys really work okay. on their like mm. their their form and the mechanics of all that stuff of maximizing your time on the 40 yard dash. Maybe because of Baker's great background and track and stuff, he kind of just showed up and did it. And I think maybe that's why his time wasn't what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just remember one thing too. And, and, go ahead, go ahead. That's all right. He a fast guy. I don't know what he want a four five. I was looking at he want a four five three something like that. Yep. 
I don't know, man. I, I mean, that was his bag. I mean, he lost a lot of money by going on, on you know, like all the way to thirty. But I mean, that's our game. Though we, 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 uh, we got ourselves the next uh, uh, Deion uh, Sanders. Go. I'm telling you, he are a bad boy. Thank you, Mike. Bad boy. Appreciate the call, okay. buddy. Good to hear from you. You know, John, one one thought about this. Let's not label him the best cover corner in the history of the league. Please. Well, that that yeah, he's 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 jumping the gun there yes. for sure. But but I think one thing that is very important to remember, and we talk about this all the time. We put a little asterisk going into the combine about how that's the underwear Olympics. You know, just because his time was disappointing to some in the combine itself. That doesn't mean he's not going to be taking things very seriously over the summer. Of course. Going into training camp. And quite honestly, remember, as we also always say, it's what your play speed on the field is. And maybe in pads, his play speed is where he makes up time on people. And so-and-so may be a little faster at the combine than he is, but maybe with everything on play speed, he's faster than everybody else. So always take that into account. Let's go to Mike and Tenafly will be our final caller of the show. Hey, Mike. Hey guys, how are you? Great. Hi. Good. You know what? Being Father's Day yesterday, I was thinking of my dad when we used to sit in the old Yankee Stadium when we had season tickets behind the monuments at 461 from home plate. Man. And I remember guys like Jack Gregory, yep. John Rufus Mendenhall, Jim Files, Ron Hornsby. Oh, sure. wow. Um, listen to Marty Glipman on the radio, on the transistor radio with Chips Apola. Mm hmm. How about that one? Yeah. Um, question on these defensive linemen. We got this kid, Freedom, something from Nebraska signed. I hope McIntosh could show us something. Uh, Olsen, Pierre, are these guys all strictly defensive ends, or can they play inside? And my question is, do you see a trend now from the pass rush coming up the middle a little bit more than just the ends? I'll take uh, your answer. Thank, guys. Thank you, Mike. All right, that's, Paul, a two, that's a two-part question. So why don't you take the second part, and I'll take the first part. Uh, in terms of where these guys are going to play, remember – when you play in that 3-4 front, in effect, your your defensive tackle uh, or your defensive end actually becomes a defensive tackle. Correct. Okay? So it, it, it's it's more about not naming the guy in terms of is he a tackler or is he an end. We're talking about what is he playing on the front and what is his responsibility in that particular scheme. For example, McIntosh. All right, let's let's say he is a typical defensive tackle according to the way the roster lists him, right? But when McIntosh is is playing on the field for the Giants, trust me, in a typical defensive tackle mode, but the guy who's going to be an interior stuffer and a plugger, that's not him. When he's on the field for the Giants, he's more or less probably going to be in a sub package and he's going to be a penetrator. Okay? He's not going to be a typical inside run stuffer. That's not what he's going to be. Yeah, I think, and I actually was, I did a hit with uh, Ed Valentine from Big Blue View this morning on the mm -hmm. podcast, and we had this conversation, and I don't want to get too football technical here with people. Yeah, but I, the, I, I, I always shy away from doing well, that, John, because it's hard for people to pick it up. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to apologize for it. Okay, all right, go so, ahead. So <laughs> in your typical 4-3 defense, and that's, I think, how most Giant fans see it, because they played the 4-3 so long until Betcher got here, right? Mm -hmm. You got two guys in the end, you got your defensive tackles. One defensive tackle is your inside plugger. The other one's your pass rusher. He, call, he plays what's called the three technique, which is you line up between the guard and the tackle, and that's how you kind of get penetration. Then you have your two ends, which line up outside the offensive tackle to try to get pass rush, right? Well, in the 3-4, yeah, you have one defensive tackle, technically, which is the nose tackle, and then two quote-unquote defensive ends. But here's the trick. The way the Giants run their scheme, which is a one-gap scheme, you want to penetrate, not necessarily, you know, hold up the offensive linemen that let the linebackers throw to the ball, which is kind of what the old-school 3-4 is. You have your guy playing nose, right? And your other two positions are the first defensive end. I'm doing air quotes for the people that are listening. Defensive end <laughs> plays the three technique, which is what your defensive tackle plays in the 4-3. So one of your defensive ends in the 3-4 actually plays what you consider a traditional defensive tackle spot. Your other defensive end, air quotes, plays either the four or the five, which again, is not your traditional defensive end in a 4-3. So you're almost playing a nose tackle and two 
three-technique style defensive tackles, not one defensive tackle and two defensive ends. I think I explained that okay, right? It's very hard to follow, John. I I get it, but I get it, but I don't think everybody else does. Uh, hey, I'm going to try to make it simple for you. Let me give you names. B.J. Hill, Lawrence, Tomlinson, okay? Giants going to play a 3-4. It's first down and 10. B.J. Hill, Lawrence, Tomlinson. There's going to be a stand-up guy on the front. Two stand-up guys. Actually. Okay, maybe he could go with he could go with a four-man front or a five-man front. He's got a, he's got a choice. Usually, a three-four will be a five-man front to make it easier for Pro- people. Probably on first down, he'll probably go with two stand-ups, but he could go with he could go with one. Depends on how he wants to play it. The point is, in that front, let's say Golden for for purposes of this, Golden is the guy who's standing up on the edge. He's next to Tomlinson, next to him is Lawrence, and next to him is B.J. Hill, okay? Your plugger in that instance is going to be Lawrence. Which, by the way, might not be how they actually line it up. It could be Tomlinson in the middle and Lawrence at the end. Who knows? Who knows? Right. But we're trying to make it simple. Correct. Sorry. And I just, so, I just right? I'm just sorry. trying to make it no, simple. You're right. I'm sorry. As simple you're as right. I can. You're right. I'm sorry. So Lawrence is your plugger, mm-hmm. okay? So he's the guy who you're going to want to take on a double team, okay? Now... You're hoping you're going to get the outside rush from either Golden or B.J. Hill. Now, B.J. Hill technically technically is a defensive tackle, but in this formation, he has the responsibilities of an end. Okay? You follow? Right, he's with, I know he knows what I'm talking about, but I want to make it simple for you guys. And so now you have your other defensive tackles, Tomlinson. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Tomlinson's a tweener. He can try the plugging mode, which he did at the end of last year. And quite honestly, I didn't think he was effective as he could have been. I agree with that. Okay. Because I don't think that's really his best trait. Or you say, okay, you you got two ways to go here. Either he holds up, he helps hold up guys in the interior. So all you're going to do is rush your end guys. And hopefully you're going to isolate them in your pass rush. Or you decide that Tomlinson is going to be a penetrator. And say, okay, Lawrence takes the double team, and Tomlinson is going to try to split somebody's seam. It got complicated again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm tried. sorry. We did our best. I'm sorry. But there's no easy way. Well, and that's it's, only it's, one right. formation. Correct. The Giants have a bunch of different ways they can Correct. go with, with their fronts, which is why I keep telling people now, I no longer talk about front fours or defensive lines. Yeah. I talk about front sevens. Well, because yeah. you have to talk about front sevens. And the way I do it, I talk about edge rushers. Because B.J. Well, Hill and Tomlinson and Lawrence, those aren't edge rushers. They're defensive linemen. And then Correct. you have the edge rushers. So it's, it's, it's different. Carter, yeah. Golden, Zimenez, right. they're edge rushers. You can't call them outside linebackers or defensive ends anymore. We've changed the nomenclature. This is the way it's got to be now. I'm sorry. It's time for tweets. Okay. Right. I want to get a couple in here before we say goodbye. I promise I get them in every show. I got two that I want to get to. Clayton Harding. I'm still worried about the inside linebackers and pass coverage. I'm hoping we use more DBs as linebackers on third downs. Slot linebackers is what he calls them. I'd be happy to see the pups like Julian and Corey on third down over Alec and BJ Goodson. Well, Al Golgucci is going to be on the field for third downs. I'm just telling you right now that's yes. going to happen. So He also calls all the signals correct. for the defense. So who the second guy is going to be is interesting. It'll be B.J. Goodson. Tay Davis, who is a converted safety, will be in the mix there. And I think it's hard to use a corner in that role because they have to be able to tackle. If the Giants kind of had – now what they could do – is move Peppers into that hybrid role. I was just going to say that. And then put somebody else deep. <laughs> That's could. something they could do. They could. They could. For instance, Julian Love. Yep. And then have Love and Bethay be your two traditional safeties, and Peppers would be that hybrid linebacker. They have a lot of ways they can go here. I mean, and, and we talked about this on Friday, I think, John. Or oh, did we have a show Friday? Yeah, we did. Um, what about in certain situations, do what the Chargers did and just flood Flood your back seven with DBs. Yeah. Of course, they got burned in the playoffs when they got ran it on happened, for a but, billion yards. But, but you know what? On occasion, no, I could see that happen because the Giants have loaded up on young, talented DBs. Just don't try it against Bill Belichick. No. Uh, Timothy Allen Jarek at Tim Jarek 23. Didn't hear much about Eric Dungy out of OTAs for obvious reasons. Uh, what do you think about him? Shot at the 53. You're a Dungy guy more than I am, so you could take that one. 
well, he's nursing a back thing. And because of his back issue, uh, after that first practice when he got here and he was playing quarterback, that was it. I mean, he's done stuff with the trainers. Um, I'm intrigued by him. I know they brought him in here for a reason. But here's the problem. Unless he proves that he's got the ability to do some of those slash things that we've talked about, how can you keep him? You know, you could try to maybe sneak him onto the practice squad. And maybe by the way, he'll, he'll get there. You know, no one's claiming him. Yeah, but if, if he's hurt, you're not even going to do that. Well, then you then he's waved injured. And he's done. Well, then, well, like you stash him for a year that way. You know, but right now the problem with him is that he hasn't proven enough of the other skills that you would like to use if you're going to make him that versatile slash guy. I saw him working on the jugs machine during media veils one day. Yeah, that's man. about as much as I've seen. So, uh, guys. I, I have zero expectations for him this year, and anything I think you get out of him is a bonus at this point. I, I, I'd love to, because of the potential versatility, I'm very intrigued from him. Well, I want I want to see him well, he's a running, do the slash things. Well, he's a running quarterback. I know you love those guys. so For different reasons. Paul is all in favor of the Giants having a big-time running quarterback uh, on the roster. He wants read options. Uh, he wants traditional Air Force triple option. He wants design quarterback runs. Paul is all in on the running quarterback. You know what? Maybe the day that they do that will be the day I retire. Oh, Giants, please bring him in. 53-man <laughs> roster. Let's do this. I mean, if I tell Shermer that, he means he doesn't have to talk to you anymore. You're finished. Thank you, Paul. Okay, John. Have right, a great good day. Stuff. Thanks to Matt Cohen, who's running the board. Good job today. Thanks to the callers. Couldn't do it without you. We'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com. Back at noon for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. See you later.